0: welcome to the podcast wherever you're listening from today we hope this message brings you hope and encouragement. if you want to share what God has done for you you can email us at saw at rttnchurch.com that's saw at rttnchurch.com saw stands for signs and wonders and what better way to display God's power than through your testimony let's get right into the message. All right, let's stand for the word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 5, verse 15. Would you read this with me? And who would light, come on, let's read it together. And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's placed Where everyone in, come on, everyone, the house can benefit from its light. Everyone in the house gets to benefit from what God is doing in your life. How many want God to light your life up? I said, how many want God to light your life up? John chapter one said, in him was the life and the life was the light of man and the light shone in the darkness. So what happens in this place is that God turns the light on and does a work on the inside of you. Watch this. And the intent of the work of God in your heart is for everybody in the house to benefit from it. Because what kind of sense does it make for God to do a work in your life and turn the light on and then you hide it? But everybody in the house is supposed to get the benefit from it. Okay, now remember that because we're going to John chapter 12. How many know what we've been talking about the last few weeks? We're we're talking about building the kind of house and the kind of culture Jesus wants to come to. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down for a few more minutes today because I'm going to, I really feel like God's wanting me to just to pound this. Just, and, and the reason is because when you are in a context of religion, most, most religious spirits convince religious people that they're all the way right and they can't be taught anything. Most religious spirits convince religious people that they're right and can't be taught anything. Have you ever met a religious person? They are the only one right in the room. And they know everything most of the time. And in reality, they don't even know God. I want us to know God. And I don't want us to be religious. How many want to live free from religion? And you want to know the person and the work of Jesus Christ in your life in a very real way. How many want this atmosphere and the culture of this house to be one where Jesus has his way and he wants to come and be with us every time we get together? If you want that kind of church culture, say amen. John chapter 12. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus... Was, who had been dead whom he raised from the dead there they made Jesus a supper how many know these people were southern come on how many know you've got to go down south to have supper we've never had dinner one day in my life but we've had supper many many times Amen? amen they made him a supper and watch this Lazarus who was dead Martha, who served. Lazarus sat at the table with him. Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray Jesus, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This, he said, not because he cared for the poor. Because most of the time people who gripe about how you don't use church money to help the poor have never helped the poor themselves. And I got that off my chest and I feel better already. This is he. This he said not that he cared for the poor but because Judas was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it and Jesus said leave her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial for the poor you'll always have with you but me you do not have always. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there and they came to the house, not for Jesus' sake only, but they might also see Lazarus whom Jesus raised from the dead. And the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also because on account of Lazarus, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Now this is an interesting house. And there are some dynamics in the atmosphere and the culture of this house that I think we need to pay attention to. Because as God takes us on this journey of establishing and decreeing and declaring and becoming the kind of culture in here that is like heaven on earth. We need to understand what needs to come in and what needs to be expelled. We need to understand what God's trying to bring us to and what he's trying to deliver us from. How many want to be the kind of house where Jesus reigns? Yes, amen. How many want this house to feel like heaven on earth? How many want what happens in this house to bleed over in your own house? Say amen, somebody. Let's ask God to come in this place right now and for the next few minutes just help us to hear the word of the Lord. Father, help me to say it today with clarity. I'm just asking you today, God, to help me preach. Help me teach today. I pray, Lord, that there would just be a joy in this place as we break open the Word of God that would come revelation from the Holy Spirit. Lord, men give insight, but the Spirit of God gives revelation. And I pray we go beyond insight and great nuggets, and I pray we'll get into some revelation that begins to transform our hearts today. Let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened that we may know. I pray today for the Spirit of revelation. Come on, lay your Bible down, lift both hands up. I pray the spirit of revelation be granted in this house today. I pray that people who are hungry for God's word would would come into a place and a posture of alignment with the word and that the word of God would not just bounce off their ears. It would not just be sound waves, but may it be the very voice of God speaking to your people today. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Bless this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, we have been talking about the next, uh, for the last several weeks, about culture and atmosphere in this house. And in order to understand what kind of culture and atmosphere God wants to put in this house, actually, you know, culture and atmosphere is not something necessarily God puts in a place. It's what the people decide to come into unity about. Unity is never something that God gives people. Unity is something that God blesses when he finds it. Amen. <laughs> unity is not something God gives us. Unity is something God blesses when he finds it. Amen. He can't come down and make me agree and walk in unity with Dean Sykes. But he can bless unity. Amen. Unity is something we decide on. That's why I've been saying for several weeks... I would go to a church that I found unity in agreement with. Because in Psalm 133, there is no suggested blessing when God finds unity. There is only a commanded blessing. Amen. When God finds a people who endeavor to walk together in unity, he opens up heaven over that place and releases a measure of oil that touches the entire body. When unity is in a church, the entire body gets blessed. The Bible said in Psalm 133 that when God finds unity, it is like the oil that touches the head of Aaron, uh, head of Aaron goes down his beard all the way to the skirts of his garments. Watch. The gravity of God's grace pulls the oil of God's blessing from the top of the body all the way down to the bottom of the, of the body. Many churches, some people walk in blessing but not the entire body. And I'll tell you where the blessing stops flowing, it's where unity can't be found in that body. But if we're going to walk in commanded blessing, it'll be because our hearts are set on the very thing that God is calling us to. And we have a common heart. Uh, God has gathered all of us from all different places of life with all the different preferences That we possess and we come into a place of one mind and one accord. Why do you think the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, was such a powerful visitation? It was powerful not just because God showed up, but God showed up because they decided they would walk in unity before God ever showed up. And so when you have a house that is divided and you got him against him and her against her and this is our click and that's their click and, and, and we, we somehow revel in all of our differences and, and we become divisive. I want to tell you right now, Jesus said in Mark chapter 3 that a house divided against itself will never stand. Division always promotes defeat. But unity always promotes blessing and the favor of God. How many want us to be singing off the same page as it regards us being the people of God together? Can you say amen? And so we're, we're in an interesting place when you talk about unity. I have to preach this message twice because we have two services every Sunday morning, and we have to make sure, watch, even the next service is on the same page because there are times when we come together outside our favorite service time on Sunday morning, and when we come together together, I want to make sure that whether you come to 9 or 1145, everyone is singing off the same page. That there is still this embracing of the kingdom of God, the culture of the kingdom in this house. This is not our house. This is his house. And it is not our way. It is his way. And so many times I think in the church, we, I have seen so many times as a leader, I have watched pastors live in frustration because they tell me, I want this in my church. I want there to be freedom. I want there to be the gifts of the Spirit. I want there to be freedom in worship. I want people to dance. I want people to say amen. I want people to lift their hands. I want people to give. I want people to be healed. I want people to be saved. I want there to be diversity. Y'all are quiet today. I want there to be diversity, but when you listen to them preach, they're preaching good messages, but they're not addressing what's wrong in the house. You can't, listen, you cannot, you cannot get frustrated about what you don't correct. I mean, you having a nervous breakdown over your child in your house and your five-year-old child is running your house and you ain't never corrected them. Quit crying to me and go take little Jimmy in the corner. Come on, somebody. I mean, at some point you got to correct stuff. And I just want to make sure that as we go forward, we're on the same page. And anybody bringing in baggage from a previous stop, you understand this is a good place to get free from it. But it is not the proper place for you to uh, place your flag in the ground and say, well, you know what? This is just not who I am. No, this is who we're going to be. We are going to be a people of diversity, a people of the spirit, a people of healing, a people of the gifts, a people of the operation, of the power of God. That's who we are. We're going to have prayer meeting at the beginning of service. That's... I didn't get no help right there. We're going to have prayer meeting at the beginning of service. Well, you know, I'm going to come late. Good. We're praying for you. And when you finally get free from religion, you'll come and quit trying to dodge prayer and be a part of the move of God. This is not about spiritual people carrying everybody up the hill and the lazy people coasting down on the other side. We understand there is something to contend for, something to pray about, something to war over. We're not just here to take up space. There's a generation that needs to know... Our God is still alive and we just want to be the people, if nobody else does, we have made up our mind, we want to be the people that host well the kingdom of God when God's trying to invade. We need unity. And I'm not saying we're not in unity, I'm just saying I want to keep this before us as we make declaration and decree and preach the word of God about what kind of church we're going to be. That's what we're in. It's not even really a series, it's just a declaration. And we've been talking about the culture of this house. What do people feel when they walk in? What do people experience when they drive up on the parking lot? From the parking lot to when they leave, what kind of encounter do they have? We want this to be a house where Jesus comes because we understand that when his kingdom comes and he invades, lives are changed and people just have a better life. How many want people to have a better life? Amen. The, the church is not just about having great services behind four walls, taking communion and hiding out from the Antichrist and ISIS until Jesus comes and rescues us. The church is on the move. The church is on the march. The church is advancing the kingdom. The church is the greatest entity and organism on the face of the planet. We are not defeated. You will never blow our fire out. You will never put us out of business. We will never sink. We will never go under. We will never quit. We will never stop. We'll keep preaching and praying and praising and worshiping until every lost person in Chattanooga knows Christ, until every sick person is healed, until every bound person is delivered, until every demon-possessed person has been set free by the power of Jesus Christ, we still have a job we have not finished. We have not arrived, and it's very important for us to stay moving together as the people of God. Say amen somebody. So what kind of culture is God calling us to and what does he want us what does he want us to embrace as a church? And in order to answer that question, we have been looking at what Jesus does when he comes to different houses. In the New Testament Matthew Mark Luke and John when I began to pray about the culture and the atmosphere of this house I began to look at Jesus visits to many different houses throughout Matthew Mark Luke and John and I I don't know how long there's so much going on in my spirit about this we could be here for a little while but Jesus is still coming to houses he's still stopping by houses He's still showing up to houses of worship every Sunday morning and he's just trying to find a place. Watch this. Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. What does that mean? I believe it means Jesus is looking for a place to establish his rest and his reign. God is looking for a place. Listen, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. The question is, will we be the kind of house that allows Jesus to lay down and rest, rule, and reign within? And I believe with all my heart this morning, Jesus is not just saying this about other places. I believe he's saying this about our house. And if Jesus came by our house, what kind of house would he find? And that's why we're talking about what we're talking about cause we want to make sure that the culture of our house is the kind of house Jesus wants to come. And if you want to know the kind of house Jesus likes to go to, I think you can find something something very close to what he likes right here in John chapter 12. Amen. Right here in John chapter 12, Jesus comes to a place of Bethany, a place called Bethany, and he comes to a house. Now there is a lot of difference of opinion on whose house this was. I personally believe this was Lazarus, Mary and Martha's house. Uh, And you may believe it was Simon the leper's because there's another story that happened very much like the one I read to you today and it was in another place. Some theologians even believe that Simon the leper was the one and the same person as Lazarus. I don't really care what you believe about whether he was the same person or whether this was Simon's house or, or Lazarus' house. I personally believe it was Lazarus' house, but here's the main point. The main point is this. There was stuff going on in the house that for some reason Jesus really got attracted to. And the first thing about this house that I want you to see, this house was filled with a man named Lazarus. And Lazarus represents the people who've been saved and rescued. Now I will remind you that this house was full of a man named Lazarus. But if you want to understand why that is powerful, you have to flip back to John chapter 11 and remind yourself that this same man in John chapter 11 was in a tomb. Now we flip over one chapter into the second verse of the 12th chapter and he's no longer in a tomb. Now he's at the table. God, I wish I had somebody who could help me preach in here today. I just came by to tell you Jesus comes to houses where they celebrate that's what John chapter 12 was John chapter 12 was not just some harem scarum uh, dinner party John chapter 12 read it was a feast in honor of the resurrection of Lazarus they literally threw a party and said we're going to come in here and give God thanks and celebrate that our brother Lazarus who was dead is alive forevermore how in the world can you not praise God when in one chapter a man was living in a tomb and in the next chapter that man is sitting at the table with Jesus I just stopped by to tell you the Lord will come to a house where they will celebrate people who have moved from the tomb to the table oh my God I want to praise the Lord for every ex-alcoholic, every ex-drug addict, every ex-wife beater, every ex-extortioner, every ex-liar, you may have been jacked up, you may have been a cancer patient you may have been lost and undone but look at what God has done for you and the reason one of the reasons we came is to celebrate that he moved you from the tomb to the table is anybody glad you're sitting at the table I preached a message one time out of this text called from death row to dominion Lazarus was on death row and had died. But when Jesus showed up, his family said, he stinks. How many of your family says you stink, you stink? But I'm going to tell you right now, when God shows up, he doesn't come just to smell the odor of death. He comes with a glory that will erase and cover the, the death stench on your life. And I came to tell you today, Jesus comes to houses. Oh God, if you can't celebrate what God is doing in your brother or your sister's life, you are not qualified for him to come to your house. This atmosphere and the culture of this place, we will celebrate when one lost sheep comes home. Angels in heaven go crazy over one. Lazarus was dead in a tomb. Now he's at the table. And he don't look like what he looked like 24 hours ago. And he don't smell like what he smelled like just a few hours ago. Why? Because the Lord has done a work and set him free. Let me help us understand something. This house, we must be a people that celebrate this, the resurrection of other people. In fact, I call this house to be a house and a culture of honor and celebration. Well, I don't celebrate nobody. Why? Because I got an attitude. Exactly. It's why God woke me up today and sent me to talk to you. That spirit is going to keep you bound and limited, and you're never going to walk in the fullness that God has for you because until you can celebrate somebody else's gift, I don't like to hear her sing. you a lying wonder. The problem is you do like to hear her sing, and you know she got a gift, but she sings a little better than you, and you can't celebrate it. If you'll celebrate her gift or his gift, God will open up a door for you, sister. Got it go on, and he'll make a way for you, but he'll never make a way for somebody who lives in the trap of never being able to celebrate somebody else's resurrection. This is something that plagues the church and I may not get off this. This is something that pl- we are listen, we get more we get mad when people get more likes, more follows, more more shares on social media. We judge our own validity based on comparing ourselves with somebody else and we think I've actually known people who cannot like a photo somebody else posted because they said it makes them look like they got more likes than I got. You got a problem and you know who the worst is preachers I ain't getting no help in here I said the worst are preachers we want followers we want likes we want shares I came to tell you quit striving for the likes of many start living for the love of one let him be the object of your love wake up every morning knowing that he loves you and if nobody else follows you keep on following Jesus You've got to learn how to celebrate what God does in your brother and sister's life. That's the kind of culture God's looking for. When God blesses somebody on your row, let me ask this question, because this ain't everybody. I'm, I'm asking a serious question. If God blessed anybody in here miraculously, financially, over the last seven days, lift your hand. Stand up. on stay standing stay standing stay standing everybody on your row ought to get happy for you right now if they're not celebrating your blessing I give you permission to pack your notebook up grab your purse and go find somebody clapping right now in fact, if you're not standing, you ought to be celebrating what God did for them. Because if you'll celebrate what he just did for them, I prophesy yours is on the way. Oh, God, somebody give God praise. Lazarus was dead, and now he's alive, and they're having a feast to celebrate the resurrection. Y'all can sit down, sweet ladies. Y'all are like, I'm still blessed. Praise the Lord. Girl, you got it. You got to be a people who celebrate those who get saved. I know I wear this out, but if we don't do what heaven does when sinners get saved, it's not heaven on earth. When one person comes down here and gets saved, the Bible said angels go crazy. And we got religious people in churches today. Well, let's give her three weeks. I know him. He is just jacked up and crazy. Give him a week, he'll be back. You know what? He might, but what if something happens and God really does save him? Let me walk back here a minute. I just want to thank God for the people that believed in me. I don't know about you, but I got saved 713 times in my adolescent years. I just want to thank God for the people who believed in me. their prayer mamas that prayed for me. It's okay, baby. You're going to be all right every Wednesday night. Oh, God, save me, Jesus. Oh, Sunday morning, save me, God. And they never turned me out of the church, and they never talked about me on Facebook, and they never lied about me on Twitter. I came to rebuke an unmerciful spirit and to tell you in this house when they walk down to this altar grace will flow like a river mercy will triumph over judgment and to hell with the spirit of religion that has run off the harvest God give us the Lazarus of this generation I feel him in here right now well brother Wallace it's a known fact Not everybody who comes to the altar is really getting saved. You don't know what you're talking about. There is no other place that I would rather for a sinner to come than to the altar of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Now, the first person in this house was Lazarus. And we are celebrating Lazarus' resurrection. The second character in this story is a woman named Martha. And Martha has historically gotten a bad rap in the church. She's so busy. Martha always doing something, always doing something. You know, can I just stop and take a praise break for some Marthas? See, we don't even know how to praise God for this anymore. But the Bible says something powerful about Martha. The Bible just gives it one word explanation of what Martha was up to. Martha served. Oh, God, I'm getting ready to run right there. Woo, Martha served. Where are the Marthas in the house? Oh, no, 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 I'm coming for you because what we're raising up in the church in this day and age is a bunch of consumer Christians. I'm here. Roll out the red carpet. We're glad you're here. We're honored you're here. We want you to feel taken care of while you're here. But at some point, this has to become about the kingdom and not about us. I ain't getting no help right here. I just want to tell you, Jesus loves this house. And one reason he loves it is because Martha's serving. Can't you see Jesus coming to a feast? Lazarus is there sitting at the tomb with, sitting at the table with Jesus. Everybody hungry. Ain't nobody cooking. Now, for the first 30, 45 minutes, you know, if I'm Jesus, I'm like, y'all, this is a great gathering. One hour into it, I'm like, man... Man, I'm getting a little bit hungry here. Two hours in and everybody's still talking? And ain't no food on the table? Y'all acting so holy. I see you. I see you. But I know how it would be with Gary Keelan. After one hour, he's going to start raiding your fridge. Like, where did Gary go? And you hear pots and pans flying in the kitchen. Why? Because when you come to a feast and a celebration, not only do you need to come to celebrate those who were dead but are now alive, somebody's got to do some serving. There's some kids that got to be taken care of back there. There's some children that got to be picked up on the bus. Y'all ain't helping nobody. There's some folk that got to welcome everybody when they get out the car walk into the church. Well, that ain't my thing. Well, what is your thing, sister thing? We're trying to find out why God saved you. He didn't save you just so you could come to church and grab and get. It ain't all about you. At some point, you got to get filled up and Jesus is coming to the house today and we got to make a meal. We got to take care of babies. We got to get this house in order. There's a party going on. Oh, it's quiet in here, but I feel like hollering while you're quiet because God is still blessing people with a servant spirit. God is still opening doors for people who will serve others. Oh, I could camp right here on servanthood. I think I will. Do you know who the first person to see the cloud of rain was in 1 Kings 18? It wasn't the prophet Elijah. He heard it. He said, I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. And he looks to the servant and said, go up and tell me what you see. And the servant walks up, anybody ever been to Israel? Come on, anybody ever? I've been to Israel. He sent the servant up Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel ain't a molehill. It's a for real mountain. He said, walk up the mountain and tell me what you see. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. Oh, Jesus. Let me go back and tell them what I saw. Prophet, I didn't see nothing. Good. Go back six times. I know you're a man of God and all, but uh, I just ran up that mountain, and you just told me to go up six more times. Why would I do that? Because the prophet was trying to get the servant to see something. Six isn't the number of completion. Seven is the number of completion. He said, go up one time, then go up six more times. Six plus one is... In other words, some of you have been serving and you haven't seen what the prophet told you was coming. I want to tell you that the transaction has not been completed yet. You can't quit serving while you're waiting. Y'all, the Bible said, if you won't faint, you're going to reap. How much longer do I got to serve, Pastor? I don't know how much longer you got to serve. I don't know how much longer you got to work in that neighborhood on that bus stop with all them babies in the hood. But I know this, when you keep on doing it and you don't stop, there comes a moment, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost, when you walk up that mountain one more time and the devil whispering in your ear, aren't you tired yet? Aren't you fed up with this? Nobody else in the church is helping you. The devil is a liar. I came back up to look one more time. Uh-oh, time number seven. I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. God is getting ready to bless some servants in in this house <laughs> slap your neighbor. Tell him, Neighbor, I hear the sound. No, tell him, like I told you, say, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain and I came to tell you you're getting ready not only to hear it but God's going to let the servants of this house see it before anybody else does. You're going to drive up on your post on Sunday morning working in the parking lot and a cloud of rain is getting ready to break out over your family. Somebody shout yes! Martha Sir So Lazarus we celebrate Martha we serve with and then we get to Mary I'm not going to be able to finish this today we get to Mary and Mary's crazy you know she's crazy she used to have demons in her and she had a real promiscuous past and one trip to Jesus turned her life all the way around When you are that messed up and the Lord delivers you, you never forget it. How in the world did Mary get into the house? Because she has a past and she's known around town and she's a promiscuous lady and not only that, she had demons in her at one point in her life. Yeah, but the problem is that's who she used to be. There's some people sitting near you right now. All you know is the after Jesus. Them. You don't know the BC. You know the A. The, the after Christ. You know. This, oh, shake up, I see, Oh, over. Ha, That's the after Christ. You don't know the before Christ. There were some really, really jacked up people in here right now. Before, Oh, look at all these holy people grabbing their things. You know, when somebody asks you, do you got a testimony? You give them the edited version. I just want to thank God I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the head of my life. Oh, praise the Lord. That's the after Christ. But if we started rolling unedited footage, I'm getting ready to go back to my room and change my clothes, but I'm having a good time now. If we started rolling unedited footage of who you used to be on the screen, you would slither out the back, underneath the pews, run to your car, and never come back again because all of us in here have stuff that we are grateful God hid. Religious people are fighting me right now, but I'm telling you, you better be thankful for the mess he covered. You better be thankful for the mess he forgave. You better be thankful for the demons he cast out of your mind. You weren't saved and sanctified and speaking in tongues when you were born. We were all jacked up and crazy. And I don't care how long you stayed that way. I just came to bless the one that brought me out of darkness into his marvelous life. <laughs> I'm through with this. I'm going to finish with next week maybe with Judas and all this mess. But Mary gets in the house with Jesus. We're celebrating Lazarus, but she can't forget what Jesus done for her. I came to celebrate what he's doing for you, but I can't ever forget what he did for me. She pulls out a pound of oil. This was not just like oil. Oil. This was a very precious oil. Amen. In fact, the amount that Judas discloses that the oil would have cost indicates that this could have been an entire year's wage. Amen. Let that sink in. When the Next time you get offended when somebody asks you to pay your tithe. How dare him. 10% of my weekly. Jesus. And this woman's like, y'all, I've been working for this for a year. Do you know what you could do with a year's salary in your hand? How many would like for God to bless you with one year's wages at one time? Don't lie, you'll go to hell for lying. Come on. (laughs) What if God blessed you with one year's wages at one time and you went to a store and took the money that it took you a year to work for Walked into a store and said, I need a special gift for somebody that, that I want to show love to. Brian, help me on the piano. I'm through. And, and, he, and she takes this one year's worth of wages and intentionally buys this oil, knowing she's going to spend it at his feet. Jesus likes house where Lazarus is because Lazarus is a testimony that Jesus is still a miracle worker and he likes a place that celebrates the resurrection and he likes a house that's full of serving but I believe he came to this house knowing he was going to have an encounter with Mary because the Bible says this was not just about this moment watch this oil she's getting ready to pour on his feet is going to go with him all the way to a place called Golgotha and while he is dying hanging between heaven and earth he still smells like the oil Mary poured on his feet while he was in this house She breaks this box open. I mean, everybody else is doing good stuff. Lazarus is sitting there, praise the Lord. I'm alive. Martha, you want something to eat, Jesus? Let me serve you, Jesus. I'm here to serve. Mary, she gets the oil. There's always that one person that just pushes the envelope a little bit. Mary, 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 can you just calm down? You you just let your hair down, Mary. Jewish sisters understood something about their hair. It was their glory. When she lets her hair down, she's literally letting go of her glory. She has reduced her opinion of herself. And esteemed him higher than her own self she's saying you know what this act of worship is gonna cost me a little pride it's gonna cost me some ego it's gonna cost me all the money I earned last year but this is the king Amen. and the king is When's the last time you let your hair down in church? Well, Brother Wallace, my hair is so short. I don't, no, I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about when's the last time you lost your pride Amen. and let go of your ego. Here's what's crazy. An unintended consequence of Mary's act of worship was that when she broke the box She thought the oil on his feet would only be between she and him. But there is an unintended consequence of her act of worship. The aroma. I didn't know that when I poured out my worship on him, it would fill the house with a fragrance. I've come to pour My praise on Him like oil For Mary's alabaster box Don't be angry If I wash His feet with my tears Dry them with my hair. You weren't there the night he found me. You did not feel what I felt when he wrapped his loving arms. Around me, and you don't know the cost of the oil in my alabaster box. I believe there's a reason why Jesus loved this house, it had the fragrance of worship in every room. I want us to be real careful, church, that we don't ever think worship is a set. Pastor Tobin and Pastor Jojo are amazing at leading worship. Our worship team and musicians, how many would agree, they are amazing at leading worship. We're a blessed people. But don't ever live under the impression that worship is a set. Worship is not a set. Worship is a lifestyle. I pray to God that there would be people all throughout this congregation who come to church, who live their life, never holding back the precious, but always giving it to Jesus. Let me ask you this before I close, and I'm closing now. When is the last time you offered God worship that cost you something? I'm not talking about the convenient things we offer Him, the stuff that doesn't You know, here's the deal. Let's just be real. If it don't move us, it probably doesn't move God. I'll never forget being in campus choir at Lee University. We were in the, I won't call the name of the church, but it was high, high, for real high church. Like Bella Lugosi organ. Gold and ornate things hanging everywhere. (laughs) And it was a very well-known, established church. I'll say it that way. And when you walked in, you felt like it was. By the suit and tie, I mean, it is just amazing. And I remember I had just come out of a season in my life of Great Depression, two years of it. I remember being in this church, and I was just worshiping with the choir, looking over this, this church, beautiful edifice, beautiful people, and we were all just singing. It was great, and the Lord said, I want you to show me, just, just, just enjoy my presence, and I want you to show me how much you love me, Kevin, because I want you to know how much I love you, and I just, I just took off running. I ran that church. I ran around the entire church. It must have been a mile. When I got through running halfway through, I was like, "Woo, Jesus! I need, I need an air tank right now, Lord." (laughs) Caught my breath and kept on running. And I'm standing there, running, praising God, thanking God. I'm not depressed and living suicidally anymore. And I can watch the whole congregation. What is the white boy doing? up in here, and I got back over there and I got in the corner and I felt like a fool. You felt amazing. No, I felt like a fool, but I thought about how good he'd been to me, and I took off running again. And the next time I ran, about 300 people joined me. I turned around and looked, and I wasn't the only one running anymore. By then I was like, y'all do this because I done ran twice and I done my thing today. Amen. I'm tired now. <laughs> Here's my point. You'll never know what your one act of worship will do to set other people free. Your worship creates a fragrance that releases other people to show their extravagant love to God. Stand. I, I could go on with that text. Judas ticks me off. Like everything was beautiful and Judas shows up. People are crying. The woman is washing his feet with her tears. The oil is releasing a fragrance in the room. And Judas is like, why did she waste it? Don't ever miss this. Worship is never wasted when poured on the feet of Jesus. Never! Worship is never wasted. Go ahead, buddy. Just go ahead and break your butts. That's all right. Worship is never wasted when poured on the feet of Jesus. Every dance you ever let out, every shout you ever release, every time you lift your hands, every moment tears are running down your face, every hallelujah, every thank you, Jesus, that is aimed to and at the heart of God, it is never Wasted Every tithe you give, every offering you give, every act of worship you give, it is never wasted when it goes to Jesus. Amen. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Pastor Kevin, pray for me. I need Jesus to save me. You're who I came for today. I came for those who are lost. and need Christ to come into their heart if that's you and you need Christ to save you. I'm, li- I'm counting to three and I want you to lift your hands. If you need Jesus to rescue you, just like Lazarus, you are dead, living in a tomb. But today, he's going to call your name. He's going to save you and rescue you. If that's you, lift your hand and say, Pastor Kevin, pray for me as soon as I say three. One, two, three. Right now. Yes, sir. I see your hands. Ma'am, I see your hands. Sir, I see your hands. God bless every person in this house with their hands up. You can put those down. Look at me right here. Everyone look at me right here. There's a person standing on your right and on your left. You may have known them your whole life. You may have never met them before today. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look over at them in just a moment, and I want you to help me. Be the love of God extended to your neighbor. Just ask them, do you need someone to go to the altar with you and pray? If you lifted your hand, or you should have, when your neighbor asks you that question, if you lifted your hand, or you should have, saying, I need Jesus to come into my life, I want you to come out of your seat with them. I'm going to meet you right here, and we're going to pray. Christ is going to save you today. If that's you, look, come on, just look at your neighbor say, do you need someone to go to the altar and pray? And if you lifted your hand by saying, I need Jesus to rescue me, or you should have lifted your hand. When they ask you that question, come out of your seat. Come on, right now. Today is the day of salvation. Thank you for coming, young man. Thank you for coming, young man. Thank you for coming, young man. You coming, young man. Come on thank you for coming come on somebody celebrate 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 it's a big deal come on come stand with me come here bro come here bro come here brother come here come on anybody else there's they can still come there's still room pastor gary elders come help me right now please everyone stretch your hand this way Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Can we just thank God that he saved us and that he's saving us. He'll save anybody, anybody who calls on him. Stretch your hands toward him and pray for him right now. Pastor Gary and elders, I want you to lead them in the prayer of salvation. I want to pray for you and I want you to pray with me for this house. If you want this to be the kind of place where Jesus abides and the culture of God's kingdom is so evident here, how many know that God's gotta do a work in us in order for it to happen in here? How many believe that? Say amen. Amen. Lift your hands up in a receiving position. Lord, you see our hands and our hearts today. And today, God, we just want to continue to press into the culture of the kingdom and that that culture of the kingdom of God be demonstrated in this house. Let this be a house like the one in John 12, a house where Marthas are serving and a house where Lazarus, he who was dead, is being celebrated, a house where the Mary in this place, the Marys who have a box to break and worship to give, have the freedom just to break their box of worship open. I pray for that to be in this place, God. This is a place of freedom, a place of mercy, a place of freedom of life and we declare it to be over our people today in Jesus name if you received the word of the Lord say amen let's give God praise I love you as you exit please exit out the sides second service is coming in in the middle I love each of you we'll see you this Wednesday in the house of the Lord go in the peace of God